Hey, what's up? Like, totally time for 90210. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to the 902 episode. 902? The 902 show. 90210 show. What in the hell, dude? Did you forget what we watched? Welcome back to the 90210 show. <laughs> My name is Mark. With me, as always, is my lovely girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing, Carol? I'm heartbroken. Oh, you're heartbroken. Not even a hey, what's up. That's how... That's how heartbroken That's how heartbroken you are. Well, it is February. It's around Valentine's Day. <laughs> it is. Somewhere near Valentine's Day. What is your problem? It's February 15th. 1996 and we're gonna get into do you want to banter a little bit or do you want to get right into the episode so foreplay or straight to it exactly um, have you been lubricating i would like i would like my foreplay please okay gotta get me warmed up a little bit well valentine's day that's why i'm heartbroken that's a big kidding that's why i'm kidding because for the the third year in a row, you didn't get the Valentine you wanted for a new boyfriend. <laughs> exactly, someone who's not a piece of shit to you. <laughs> Sorry. Well, you know, no. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of pensive pauses there. <laughs> I just really had to think about it, but no, I mean, we had a really nice Valentine's Day. I'm just fucking with you, studying Jack Benny over there. Just fucking with you. Yeah, we went to Pasquale's. It was delicious. Just like you. Wow. I had <laughs> to I had to step up my game because, you know, the rich assholes that listen to the show uh, can't think that we're going to McDonald's all the time. But you he, regular people I know don't care. He He really does take me to McDonald's all the time. Patreon.com and slash, Taco Bell. Patreon.com slash Richard Lafey. Seven Eleven. That's our. That's one of our big date nights. Fifty nine seven Seven Eleven. Come on now. <laughs> we go get you know the freaking Slurpees and the hot dogs. <laughs> All of a sudden, where were you from? What was that? What was that accent? The freaking. <laughs> what accent was that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Hot dogs and slurps, that's right. Big big bites and big gulps. Yes. So we can, you know, have our snacks with our movies. Right. <laughs> yeah, I sneak your snacks in every single time. That's why I have the giant purse. Yeah. Well, I have to sneak the drinks in, in under my <laughs> sleeves. Except for that one time. I missed that purse. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyways, no, he got me one of those little, you know, bears with the heart chocolate things. And yeah. it was cute, sweet. Yeah. yeah. I don't flowers. care about Valentine's Day, though. I mean, like, thank she you. She really doesn't. But I don't. Like, you could pretend it didn't exist and I would be fine. But it does exist. St. Valentine. St. Valentine didn't murder all those bears. <laughs> <laughs> and make all that chocolate out of their bones. Or whatever St. Valentine did. Wow. What did St. Valentine do? Marry a bunch of people or something? I don't know. I think he was like, oh, the Catholic Church doesn't want you to be married, so I will marry you in a secret ceremony. 
Is that what he did? I, I have no I idea. Okay. Yeah, it would be better is if if he secretly married homosexuals way back when. The Catholic wow. Church is against this, but I'm a I'm a a pioneer for equal rights. So I'm marrying homosexual couples, and then we celebrate Valentine's Day because of that. Sure, it'd be a big homosexual holiday. That would uh, that would totally fly. I'm saying that would make a better holiday. <laughs> it's weird how holidays have nothing to do with like the actual thing they came from anymore. Yeah, like Santa Claus and Saint Nicholas. Nah, Christ was Christ. Uh, Christ gets resurrected. How about eggs? Right. And bunnies. Bunnies don't lay eggs. What the, is the point of the fucking bunnies? The Cadbury bunnies laying eggs. I want Cadbury eggs now, damn it. You know the English get better Cadbury chocolate than we do? What? Oh, yeah. Have you ever had imported English chocolate or any, any place in Europe? No. Their chocolate's better and more caffeine. I want it. Well, that's what you should have got me for Valentine's Day. <laughs> you know how hard it is to... <laughs> How am I supposed to do that? I'm going to write a letter to someone in England? Use that. Send me some, some chocolate, please. Use that fat Patreon cash and buy go. me some imported chocolate. Patreon.com slash RetroLatePee. Anyway, let's so talk about 90210 now. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm warmed up enough. All right. 90210. <laughs> what storyline do we tackle first? Not the brokenhearted one. We'll save that yeah, for last. That's the end. That the end of the episode has got to be the end of the, the our episode. I feel like there's nothing else that happened in this episode. <laughs> well, the, okay, so let's start with let's start with Kelly's mom. Okay, because that's the ultimate. Just spinning your wheels, nothing happens. Kelly's well, mom sits down and says, "Hey, we've got to sell the house because I can't afford it anymore." Because she's not getting alimony. Because she got married to the douchebag who cheated on her, right. who also is not paying her alimony. He's only paying child support. Yeah. She's like, well, she said, it. I, I would feel wrong asking for it. But you know what? He should offer. Yeah. He's some super rich dude. Yeah. He's and w- he, world he, famous. World famous dentist. Oral surgeon. Oral surgeon. Sorry. And he knocked her up. Mm-hmm. And... Now she can't afford to live because he took away her income by marrying her. Yeah. Mel Silver's got the gold. He's an asshole. He is such an asshole. He is an asshole. I wonder, I, I, I wonder if they will ever reconcile. I hope not. He's a dick. I just want him to let... He should, he should have had the same fate as at the end of this episode. Is it, uh, is, it, is it worse that he's ugly? Like, if he was a super good-looking guy and he cheated on her, do you think that we would be able to forgive it more? No. All right. I think it's worse that he's ugly. What does that matter? I just, I think it matters. I think the fact that he should be happy with what he, what he has. He's it's like rich. When a, it's like when a dork, ha, it's like when a dork has confidence and he shouldn't. <laughs> wow. But he's rich. I, I hate, I hate confidence, misplaced confidence. Wow. It's so annoying. When so like, that's I like that, one of the most douchiest things I've ever heard you say. I knew this guy Neil. I'm not going to say his last name. Yeah, please don't. But I knew this dude Neil that I went to high school with, and someone we were in class, and one of the girls was like, "Oh, I can never do well in this test." And my friend Mark was like, "Oh, I get you know getting an A in this test." And she picked up the paper 
and held it to her head. <laughs> and Mark's like, what are you doing? And she goes, osmosis. And Neil turns around and he goes, actually, that would be diffusion. Osmosis only deals with water. <laughs> and I just said, shut up, Neil. I hate it. I hate that he that he thinks that that he deserves to talk. Wow. <laughs> Wowza. Oh, no, nah, he's good. He's a good guy. I don't know if you're a good guy right now. Nah, I'm not. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's, he's I don't know if he deserves to. I don't know. I hate it that he thinks that he deserves to talk. He's all right. He's an okay guy. <laughs> anyway. What were we talking about? So Kelly's Mel mom. Silver. Kelly's mom is selling yeah. their house. She says they've got to sell the house because she can't make ends meet. Apparently somewhere in this house that has never been featured on screen, there's a wall that is an aquarium. <laughs> I really want to see that in a house. And I want to know which wall. It's in the bathroom, apparently. <laughs> well, no, they asked if you if she had glass block. In the bathroom when she first moved in. What does that mean? Does that mean you can see into the bathroom? I don't know. I like, wish... where's the glass block? Is it... is it... Is it encased within walls that you can't see through? So it's just like like it separates, say, the, the bath area from the toilet. Or is one of the walls black glass where you can't really see, but you can kind of see? I would not like that. Not at all. That, that would, would be a statement. That would be a freaking statement for sure, but it would be a no bueno. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no way that would fly. No. No, I imagine that I it's like in my bathroom. part of the shower. Yeah, maybe. Or. Which is fine because usually you're in the shower alone. When they first said it, though, I had pictured the weirdest thing that I'm sure was, mm. it was just this giant glass block in the middle of the floor in the bathroom. <laughs> Like, why? Why would Just anyone have that? Just one giant yes. glass block. Because of the way they said, did, did you have that glass block? Like, that one glass block is how it sounds. Just to put your feet up when you're going to the bathroom. <gasps> that would be awesome. Be Actually, awful. I don't think that would work. No, it would be awful. <laughs> I don't think that would anatomically work. We're not even really supposed to sit. We're supposed to squat. Yeah, I'm not squatting, thanks. I have never pooped anywhere but a toilet, and I'm not gonna. Good for you. I'm pretty proud of it. <laughs> That's a hell of an accomplishment. I can see why you're proud. <laughs> hey, I won't camp anywhere that doesn't have outhouses at the very least. Yeah, well, camping sucks anyway. So. Yes, it does. But they're not going to be camping because what happens with this storyline is they have a open house. They call it a caravan. I yeah, think. a realtor caravan. Yeah, it's like... That's a very caravan of realtors. That's a very British term. Is it caravan? Yeah. Okay. There's a uh, a movie made for TV movie, Star Wars movie, called Caravan of Courage. It's an Ewok movie. <laughs> I want to see this. There's two Ewok movies. One's called Ewok Adventure, I think, and the other one's called Caravan of Courage. I think Caravan of Courage came first. Why are these not part of my life? I, I want Ewok movies. You've never seen either one of them? No. Oh, my God. They, so they came out in, like, the late 80s, I think, or maybe mid-ish 80s. I remember when I, from, you know, I remember them when they came out. But 
I think the first one. So humans from Earth, I'm pretty sure, somehow get marooned on the the Ewok planet, and it's two kids and their parents, and I'm pretty sure their parents die. Oh God! And then the Ewoks have to take care of them. Do the Ewoks eat their parents? I bet they did. Those the Ewoks eat people. Yeah, they, they were gonna eat uh, Luke Skywalker and, and his friends, mm-hmm. and then and then you know C three PO told them to stop. They are cute, but they are vicious. And they kill. They ate those stormtroopers. Right. At the end, there's just a bunch of empty stormtrooper heads. They ate those stormtroopers. <laughs> anyway, so can you imagine that that's your fate. You're fighting for the Empire. You're you're part of an elite ground force on the ground, and and your ultimate fate is to be eaten by teddy bears. <laughs> <laughs> but at least you get to go out looking at the cute teddy bears. <laughs> yeah, that's probably that probably made them, that that glassy dead eyed stare. That probably made oh my them, god made them feel great. <laughs> anyway, so so they have a caravan of realtors. Yes, they all come in. They make fun of her house. Yes, and they're assholes. Then they lowball an offer. And she's like, nah, I said no. And that's it. <laughs> Although her, re- her realtor calls the, the phone. Kelly gets it mm-hmm. at the, towards the end of the episode. So yeah. maybe another offer is coming in. I assume that this will actually probably carry over into the next episode. You know, my mom got lowballed. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. In real estate, right? Yes. Okay. When uh, when she sold our house after my dad died, um, this asshole realtor mm-hmm. did like as far as we could tell nothing to try to sell the house. Yeah, and then bought it from her for like nothing. You're kidding? No. <laughs> and she was just so desperate to like sell and get out of there. She just took it like a few months of note, nothing happening, and he's just like, "Hey, I'll give you like half of what you're asking." That sounds like a scam. Yeah, it sounds like he's a fucking dick, right? Like, I think that should be illegal. I don't think realtors should be allowed to uh, flip properties. I'm pretty sure it is illegal. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's not supposed to buy that house. Well, it happened. It's a conflict of interest. Yeah, well, he was a douche. Well, that is no bueno at all. Right? Oh, well. Wow. So I don't yeah, like realtors. Just take just take advantage of, uh, you know, a desperate widow. Right? <laughs> yeah, that'll be on your tombstone, sir. I'll make sure of it. <laughs> What a piece of shit. So the other plot line, and I really feel like there's only one other plot line here. Is, there's, uh, there's one and a half. Okay. Well, there's one and there's two. Okay, you're there's right. Two there's other two ones, and a half. But two have to combine to one. Sure. Um, Brenda and Cindy and Donna take a self-defense class. We never see that. Donna just makes, Donna just smiles and makes comments. Yeah. We never see her do anything. That's another one of those perks of being the uh, producer's daughter, apparently. Yeah. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I'm just here because, uh, yeah, that is that is funny. Do you think that, so if you were an actress and they came to you and they are like, yeah, we're doing self-defense, uh, we're doing a self-defense episode, would you be like, Oh yeah, I get to do a self defense episode. Or would you be like, nah, get the stunt person in <laughs> to do the self defense episode? I would do it. I think it'd be fun. You'd be all in, right? Yeah. Yeah. I like to learn new things. All right, cool. But apparently Donna is lazy. Um but it's really I mean, there's not that much going on. Like 
They, they take self. They do the thing. You ever hear? You ever see a self defense class? That's you, it. You ever see the uh, Hollywood depiction of a self defense class? That's all there is to it. <laughs> they give a little bit of good information, I suppose, where the the woman says it's always the best part of self defense is self confidence. So, you know, you have to be assertive and be like, no. I think that's dumb. Why? I mean, being assertive, fine, but like self confidence. That is, I mean, if somebody is coming at me to kill me, whether I feel confident in my ability to take them down does not matter. Do I have the ability to take them down matters. I disagree. I I agree with the self confidence thing because let's say you're a stalker rapist. Sure. And you're you're prowling through the alley. Who are you going to go after? You start to walk up to somebody and and a woman turns with a bunch of self-confidence and says, no, stay away from me. (laughs) Are you going to continue to pursue her or are you going to be the pursue the one that's like, no, no. (laughs) I mean, I guess that's true. Intimidation is a factor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I do I do think that 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 plays a role in it, at least a little bit. You could have the most self-confidence in the world and still be victimized. For sure. I think the best defense is to put the onus where it actually belongs. Because so often we tell women in society, oh, you shouldn't go there. Or you shouldn't have been wearing that. Or you shouldn't have been doing that. Or you shouldn't have been hanging out with this person. And it's always, you know, oh, this is something that you did that put yourself in this situation. When in reality, it's the guy. We should be instructing young men, really young boys. This is what perpetuates a cycle of violence against women. This is, these are like the thought processes. These are the things. This is the entitlement that you feel where you can, you know, you think you can victimize women and you shouldn't do this. Because the actual perpetrators are the ones, they're the ones that are to blame yeah. the guys. So I do think that it's important for women to be able to protect themselves. But I think the most important thing is education for young boys so that they, interesting. So they don't grow up to think that this is okay. Wow. Hmm. I, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I just, I've never thought about that. And I just, I feel like that's really cool and that maybe we should, do something with this idea of yours. We took a serious turn here. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Retro Lacey, changing the world. <laughs> yeah. Back to you on uh, our world. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Brenda's kicking some ass. And, uh, yes, she is. Then we Cindy's have, sore. Yeah. Needs a massage. So That's her story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Brandon. Brandon. Brandon's getting, uh, Brandon's done. He's getting shook down. Next episode, either the next episode or the episode after that, depending on how much they have to deal with things. (laughs) Right. He's. Next episode's going to be pretty busy. Yeah. But he's going down. Like he's going, there will be a reckoning to this. Well, he was down $500. Yeah. In one day he lost $500. I believe they call that. Uh, what half ha, uh, uh, half a saw? Bu- I don't remember. Uh-huh. Half a dime, a nickel. 
He's down a nickel. That's what okay. It, that's what it is in, in gambling terms. A dime is a thousand dollars. A nickel is five hundred. And you know, down a nickel. He has two best friends who are rich. Yeah. One of whom is literally trying to give him the money back. Right. Steve. Steve's Worst trying to give him the money. Worst thing you can do, by the way, yeah. is give money to a uh, t- to a degenerate gambler. <laughs> I heard of a very. This is probably an apocryphal story. But I heard a story about a famous poker player uh, way back when. Actually, I believe it's in Doyle Brunson's book, Super System. Okay. If anybody is interested in the game of No Limit Texas Hold'em, which is not a very popular form of poker, but the World Series of Poker, which they will show at 2 a.m. on ESPN, <laughs> is a No Limit Texas Hold'em. Doyle Brunson wrote a book called Super System, which is a combination of poker, like, he wrote it in, like, seven, I think 1978 or something like that, or 1979. He won the World Series of Poker back-to-back, and then he wrote this book shortly afterwards. But half of it is, like, poker instruction, and half of it is, like, a biography of his life. It's a really interesting book, even if you don't like poker. Okay. But in this story, he talks about this guy called, I think it's called uh, Lowball Larry or something like that, because he likes... <laughs> Lowball form like poker. scumbag Steve. Okay, <laughs> and he goes, he goes up to a friend of his. He knocks on the door and he's like, "Hey, I need, I need money for the rent." I, you know, he's like, "I'm, I'm really, I'm really desperate. I, I've like, I'm, I'm, I got nothing left. I need money for for rent and food and for the light bill. You know, can can you loan me some money?" The guy's like, "Oh man, I didn't know it was this desperate." And he's like, "Well, you know." So he, he hands him some cash, you know, and he's like, you know, I'll help you out. And he's like, oh, and he's just, do you want to come in and talk about it? He's like, no, there's a, um, there's a low ball game, uh, you know, in half an hour that, uh, that I got to get to. And the guy goes, I thought you were broke. And he goes, oh, I have money for that. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's where Dylan's headed. You mean Brandon. That's where Brandon's headed. <laughs> yeah. No, Dylan's headed. To Brandon to tell him, hey, that's where you're headed. You know, I have a, I had a friend that uh, used to do that shit to me. Do what shit to you? She wasn't a gambling addict or anything, but like, Jorge. if I wanted to go see a movie, mm-hmm. she would say she couldn't afford to go. Okay. So I'd be like, well, I'll pay. Come, come to the movie with me. Uh-huh. And then she'd go buy something while we were out. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh jacket at the mall i mean like <laughs> you know the woman had money and i'd be like i thought you didn't have any money and she'd be like, well i didn't have money for that i just bought this new car you wanted to go see a movie <laughs> i had a friend like that that we would invite him out and he wouldn't say that he didn't have money so we'd get to the movie or we'd get the to the restaurant uh-huh. and he'd be like uh oh you know i'm not gonna eat anything or, or i'll just wait here oh no because i don't have the money for it and then you feel you have to right pay for him. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. No, oh, I no. bet he had some shitty parents that taught him that kind of thing. Yeah. Where do you learn that? I don't know, but it was yeah, Ugh. real degenerate thing to do. But speaking of degenerates, yes, Brandon, yeah, losing a nickel. So yeah, and then uh, the the gambling dude, the bookie, shows Duke. up at his, uh, name, his name is Duke, which is a very stereotypical bookie name, right? He shows up at the peach pit, mm-hmm. and Brandon's all like, hey, what you doing here? I think you know what I want, <laughs> Brandon. 
But then he's like cool about it and he's like, hey, I'll let you off this time. Now, do you think that he was forgiving him the debt or do you think he was just giving him extra time? I think he's forgiving him the debt. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, but here's the thing. That's the cocaine dealer (laughs) being like first one's free. That's what that is. That's given him just enough rope. He knows that this is an inflection point. Okay. Why are you looking at me so confused? No, I'm not confused. I'm just, I'm listening. This, he knows this is an inflection point. He's lost a bunch of money. Now he could say, I want my fucking money. And you got a day or something like that. And he knows, right. he knows Brandon is well off enough that he could go to his parents. Or one of his rich friends. He could go to his friends. And get the money to him in a day. Mm-hmm. And the debt would be paid. But then Brandon would be gun shy. Yeah. But if he tells him, I'll let you slide. Try your luck again. Right. I'm going to warn you, you're not going to get this again. But try your luck again. <laughs> he wa- he's, This is just like, it's like a fisherman. He's just reeling him in. Hmm. So Interesting. that's what I think's going on. He knows what he's doing. Oh, poor Brandon's going to end up bloody somewhere. Well, he's going to end up, someone's going to, it's going to end up bad. Or do you think Nat's going to get hurt over this? Yeah, Nat might get hurt. I think that's what's going to happen. Nat's either going to find out or he'll get hurt or something, and that's what's going to open Brandon's eyes. Nat will step in. Hmm. Yeah, he already looks really worried. Oh, yeah, Nat knows what's going on. That's placing bets on high school basketball games. That knows what's going on. <laughs> and um, at the same time, uh, Andrea yeah. came into the Peach Pit on her date with, uh, what's his name? Mr. Shaw. Yeah. Yale Shaw is his name. It is not. I don't know what his name is, but he's going to Yale and he's from Shaw. So, yeah. <laughs> he is known by his, his, his I don't know. What Black his Brandon. Is. That's what we've been calling Black him. Brandon, yeah. <laughs> Which is so Steve funny. Steve is like, yeah, why? Is, oh, because she likes Spider-Man. Yeah. It's, he's like her substitute. That is true. That is weird. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But Steve looks and he's like, oh, she's dating a black man. Yeah. Steve seems to have issues. Yeah. Again. Steve had issues with the black basketball players, the black kids that got scholarships or whatever. Yeah. Steve seems racist. I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're ever going to do anything with that, but He's exhibited some racism. Well, and we already know he's a bigot, so. He's like, oh, yeah, because of the jungle fever. Oh, Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve. He's got jungle fever. It's no good. No, that's, yeah, it's pretty insulting. So now I think we can go for it. What do you think? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I think that's all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and the producer calls David. Oh, yeah. And David's like, Steve, will you ever forgive me? And Steve walks away from him. And then he sees him at the peach pit. And he's like, Steve, will you ever forgive me? And he's like, yeah, you had to do what you had to do. Yeah. I know what it's like to be a douchebag. That he does. That that he does. So, yeah, that's the end of that storyline. But, yes, we can now get into the main storyline. Dylan and his dad, Jackson McKay. Jackson Everett McKay. So, Jim, after, you know, a long time of hemming and hawing and thinking and whatever, decides that he will sign the money over. Yeah. Idiot. I mean, we get 
We get so Jack buys a boat. Yeah, I guess I don't know where he acquired this boat. Yeah, like none of this makes sense because he doesn't have any money. But the captain of the boat looks like a former football player, and keeps getting. I think he actually is too, and keeps getting in his face and is like, "Hey, where? When are we gonna need our money? Hey, where's the money, you dick? Our deal's off if you don't get the money." And there's guys in a van across the street listening. Now here's the thing. I think we're supposed to believe, at least at first, that it's the mob. But the mob's not fucking listening. The no. mob's not got things wired, so they're listening across the street. And the mob probably set up this boat, too, by the way. Right. Or, okay. I mean, not the mob, the, the FBI. Because this is, this is clearly the FBI. He's working with the feds. Right. But this boat captain does not know that. Which, by the way, I predicted. Yes, you did. No, he does know. Because Jack's one night talking to Dylan, and he's starting to talk about, you know, sometimes you got to get and roll around with the pigs and stuff like that. And I think he's talking about cops when he says pigs. And uh, the guy's like, hey, I think we better interrupt this bedtime story. One of the guys in the van. And he picks up a phone. And after that, the captain walks in. And he's like, hey, keep your mouth shut. So he's working with the feds. They're so all who feds. are they trying to trick? I think his old associates. So my thought process is that he was supposed to get the money, go see his old associates. Remember he comes in to to the cabin to talk to Brandon, and he sings him, take me out to the ball game. Dylan. What, Dylan, whatever. Which apparently, why do I keep confusing this? I don't time? know. Which apparently is something he sang to him as a kid. Yeah. To go to sleep. Yeah. That seems stupid. It's not a well. I mean, yeah, it's a sweet moment, but they couldn't have picked a better song. Like that doesn't. That's not a relaxing song. Well, it depends on how you sing Take it. Take me out to the ball <laughs> game. I mean, you can't sing that relaxingly. Yeah, I guess that's like saying you're going to sing seventy six trombones relaxingly. Right. It's time to go to bed, honey. Seventy six trombones <laughs> in the big parade. My ears. <laughs> You know, you can't you can't do that. It doesn't, right. doesn't make sense. Anyway, so he says to him, though, he's like, I'm going to go see my old associates the next day because that's when he has the money. That's after Jim says, we got the money. So I think that was the plan, was to take the money to the old associates. FBI would be there. He's all mic'd up. Hey, here's the money for getting me out of prison, old associates of crime. Let's talk about all the crimes that we liked to do in the past and, and we'll do in the future on, you know, uh, just on the record. I mean, not on any record, but let's just talk about crimes. And then the FBI would be like, you've talked about crimes and we have you recorded. It's it's over, criminals. And that's how that scene would have gone down. Sure. Verbatim. That's how they would have right. written it. But instead what happens is something else, which we'll get to in a second. But first, they have this big dinner. I have other things to say, too, about this. They have this big dinner, and he's like, oh, you know, Kelly, you're the best. Whatever you're doing to Dylan, keep doing it. And Dylan, yeah, that was gross. And Dylan's like, yeah, she's fucking me, and that's why, that's why, that's why I'm happy all the time, because I'm a pussy. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, he doesn't say that, but that's he very much implies that to his he dad. He does. It's and gross. his dad just smiles from ear to ear. And then his dad proposes to... The girlfriend. Yes. And she says yes with a spoon on her nose. 
<laughs> and so then, next morning, we see, overnight, by the way, someone plant a bomb under his car. So, leading up to this, though, it does seem like he is afraid he's going to die. He is afraid for his life. That's my point. Right. He comes in. He sings to Brandon. He's like, hey. Dylan. Dylan. He sings the to... fuck? I don't know. It's like you with Brendan and Brandon. No, no. Brendan and Brandon at least sound the same. Dylan and Brandon sound the same. They do not. They both have A's and N's. And they don't look the same, and their characters are not similar. Go I ahead. Don't, I, don't, I can't see the difference between faces. <laughs> I have face blindness. Okay. Anyway, so he comes in and sings to Dylan and everything, and like he used to when he was a kid, mm-hmm. and then he hugs him. Big, big hug. This dude fucking knows he's going to die. I don't think he's dead. I think it's staged. I think they staged this. You think? Yes. Because he absolutely acts like he knows that he's that he's going to die, quote unquote. And then when he sees Dylan going to the car, he's like, hey, Dylan, get out of the way. Get away from the car. Here's Kelly on the phone. Yeah, but that's only because Kelly called. He couldn't have been like, oh, Kelly's moving the car. Let me let me have him call you back in a second. Or can you wait a minute? He's like, nah, Dylan, no. And then he's got the, the smooth line because he's such a smooth operator. Don't keep a beautiful woman waiting. Here's your car. I'm going to go blow up now. <laughs> or here's your, the phone. I'm going to go blow up now. And, yeah, so I think this is all staged. Huh. I think they decided at the last minute they had some conversation. I don't want to do this. Maybe I'll I'll be a witness, witness protection or something like that. Instead of taking the kid's money, I don't think they were really going to take his money anyway. But instead of involving the kid, because he talked about like you know his kid and oh you're not going to get out of this alive and all this stuff mm-hmm. and everything. I think he was like, let's do it this way. They talked about it. Well, we're going to do it this way, and I don't think he's really dead. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, they said something, like, um, about you and your kid, and he's like, leave my kid out of this, and he says it's a little late for that. Right. Well, yeah, why'd you bring him to the fucking boat? Don't bring him to the boat. But the, I think this is the way to get around Brandon being involved. Dylan. Dylan being involved. Jeez. Did you get hit in the head today? Like, <laughs> I don't know. What's going on? I don't know. <sighs> Dylan. Dylan, 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 Dylan. So Dylan. when Dylan sees the car blow up and, and thinks that, no, and <laughs> yeah. thinks that his dad is dead, whether he is or not, mm-hmm. he falls to the ground. To his knees. And screams, no. And then he screams, come. <laughs> it, it was the worst. It's seriously that bad. It's as bad as Khan. It's maybe worse than Khan. And they play it three times over. Well, that is the funny thing. I think it's not supposed to be that. I think we're supposed to view that as he just screams three times, but it's very clear, as you pointed out, that it's just a loop. They yeah. just they play it once, then they, they edit it together, and then they edit it together, and they use different angles to make it look like it's a continuous shot, when it's not a continuous shot, but yes, you're correct. So it, like, it's looped three times. He could only get out one good scream, and it wasn't even that. I'm sorry, like... Normally, he's a good actor, but he did not pull this off. Oh, no. I mean, we knew the guy no. was going to die. We were really anticipating this. We knew the bombs there, like, all of it. So th- there was nothing emotional. Like, it's not like I was like, oh, no. 
So I was just judging. I was just judging him. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad, bad, bad. No good. No good at all. I get the choice. The choice being to play it like primordial scream of rage and shock. I understand that choice. But you didn't hit that. No. <laughs> you hit very generic scream into the air. You didn't conjure the emotions of shock and just absolute anguish. It's that, and it's a big swing. It's not an easy thing to hit. Right. You could have played it way small. You could have played it just completely stone-faced shocked. Those are easier to do. What he tried, big swing, but he did not hit. Mm-mm. Nope, sorry, dude. So Jack McKay is dead. Fitting the episode of this episode title is Dead End. And that is literally how it ends. That yeah. right there with Dylan screaming. Then yeah. they roll the fucking credits. Yeah, Charles Rosen and such. All the people, Darren Starr. I feel bad for his fiance. Yeah, but maybe she's in on it too. I don't think so. Alright, so she's an, an, another innocent victim. I think that we're all supposed to believe he's dead. Now, I don't know how long they will keep this subterfuge. Maybe, you know, a couple episodes. Maybe half a season. I don't know. Or maybe he really is dead, because where else would he go? There wasn't a lot around this car in this parking lot. Did you see him get in the car, though? No. Mm-hmm. But Dylan should have, could have seen him. But Dylan was turned away. But I'm just saying there was no reason for Dylan to be turned away. It just happened to be that way. I realize that that's how, you know, the camera angles went and everything. But in if this were real life, mm-hmm. there's no way that he could know that Dylan's not going to be looking. Oh, maybe he would have done it a different way. Or maybe he could be in the car and there's some kind of protection in there from the explosion. I mean, it seems unlikely, but. That car really blew up good. Yeah. Seems more likely that he's in some other location and he just presses the button on his... I believe they call that a fob. Right. On the key thing. One of those fancy cars where you can just push a button and unlock it. And I wonder if Dylan had gone out to the car, would it have blown up on him? I don't think so. I think that... It would only work if the person wanted it to work. I think that's the way it was set up. Because you got to want it? Like, that's, no, no, no. you no, got to no, believe no. you can fly to that's fly? That's not what I mean. I mean, if you press the button, I don't think just op- like opening the car or turning the ignition on, like usually happens in those things, would right. make it blow up. Because all somebody does is drive up in the middle of the night and take this cartoonish... <laughs> Yeah. Like, like it might as well have a little clock on it, uh, you know, and sticks a dynamite thing and stick it underneath the car. Now, what's that attached to? When's that gonna? When's that gonna explode? You turn the key. What the bottom of the car knows? <laughs> the thing. The thing knows. Oh, someone! I heard it. The bomb. Right. I heard it. Someone turn the ignition on. No. When that happens, they wire it to the ignition. They wire it through through the bottom of the engine. They attach wires to, to the starter and stuff like that. That sparks, the starter sparks, and then that is what causes the thing to explode. That's how they do it. 
they didn't do this. They just stuck it underneath the car. <laughs> so to me, that means remote. Okay. Remote. And, and maybe Jack didn't even do it. Maybe it's the people in the van yeah. just like waiting to push a button. Wait till it's all clear. There's no one around it. Controlled demolition. That would be the safest way. I think that's probably what it was. Unless, of course, he really is dead. Yeah, unless, of course, he's really dead, and then Dylan Dylan escaped by the skin of his teeth, <laughs> thanks to Kelly calling him in the morning. After, I didn't... After she screwed him the night before. Right. I didn't see him in the car, either. Like, normally you can kind of see mm. a body in there. There's yeah. nothing there. We should have seen a fiery Jack McKay head. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it looked empty. I think he knew, because I think this is all set up, and I don't think he's really dead. That is my guess. We will see, or maybe we won't. Yep, I don't know. (laughs) It's nice to not know again, though. Yeah, I knew something was going to happen to his dad, but now I don't know. I I don't know if his dad comes back or not. Yeah. All I know is that his money's still in trust currently. Is it? I think so. Or no, it's not because they're they're trying to steal it from him. They did steal it from him. Yeah. But, well, yeah, they did. We'll have to see what happens with that. I mean, he went went to... You people out there are so lucky because you know what happens. (laughs) And we don't yet. He went to Jim to, to, you know, talk about investments and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I don't think Jim was, like, in charge of his money anymore. No, just like... I think he was, like, helping him invest. Yeah. And he pulls his money out of investments. Or invests it all into this dude. He's just, he's his money dude. Yeah. Jim, the money dude. Yeah, and they they say, Jim says, oh, maybe we should stop being surrogate parents or Cindy says that or whatever. And it's like, you two are fucking awful surrogate parents. You're awful parents. Don't even know what Brandon's up to. And Jim keeps calling Dylan's son, and it, it like, I know yeah. he's told him not to do that, and it makes me angry every time he says it. That's why I keep thinking that his name is Brandon, because he keeps calling <laughs> him son. Right. But anyway, that is, that's the episode of, of 90210. It is. Any other thoughts on it? Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it'll be interesting to watch uh, Kelly and Dylan work through this. I guess. Yeah. In an early relationship. It's no, a lot fine. to deal with. They'll be fine. They both just want each other for their bodies. <laughs> right. Anyway, that is our episode for the week. Carol, tell people stuff. So go to our website at www.retrolatefee.com. Mm, yeah. And write us at latefee1994 at AOL.com. Please do. And tell your friends. Yeah, tell a friend about the show. If you've enjoyed this show and you want to do something for us, tell a friend. Or, you know, you could, like, decorate our lockers with, like, you know, the stars and stuff. We, yeah, like, we if, like the stars. If we're still in school. I guess. Right. Uh, and also go to patreon.com slash retro late fee and get some of that bonus content, early content. All the goodness is there. All those extra tapes. Extra tapes, early tapes. It's awesome. Yeah, we're talking about music over there. We're talking about weird stuff over there. (laughs) Anyway, that is it for us. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.